Good morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, One Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord, our King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. For the second Sunday in Epiphany, our reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Maybe you remember the ubiquitous commercials from years ago by the company Ronco. Ron Papil is famous for his inventions, the pocket fisherman, Mr. Microphone, but wait, there's more, the Vegematic. But one of his best inventions was his rotisserie oven. Along with that invention, he made a wonderful infomercial that gave us the famous slogan, set it and forget it. You put the food in, you set the oven, you walk away. No fuss, no muss, set it and forget it. In our text, Mary reminds us to do the same. She comes to Jesus and asks for help. Although his reply sounds rather harsh, Mary is not dismayed. Mary had confidence in Jesus. She knew that he would take care of the situation, not because she asked, but because he is gracious. Mary knew that the situation was saved when it was committed to Jesus. Mary knew that we can commit our troubles to Jesus knowing he will take care of them. 
The situation confronting Jesus was simple. He was at a wedding, and they ran out of wine. At the least, this would have been very embarrassing, maybe even humiliating. The problem had to be dealt with. Mary apparently knew the family because she had come to Jesus with the problem. She told him, they have no wine. I sometimes wonder what Mary expected Jesus to do about this situation. Did she want him to send his disciples out to buy more wine? Was she just telling him because she felt bad for the couple? What, if anything, did Mary want Jesus to do about it? What was she expecting? John tells us that this was Jesus' first sign. It's not like Jesus was known as someone who did miracles growing up. Luke 2 says that Jesus grew up like any other child and was obedient to his parents. When Jesus went to Nazareth in Mark 6, the people wondered when he had received the power to do miracles, for he hadn't evidenced any miracle power before. So why tell Jesus about this couple being out of wine? I don't know what she wanted him to do or what she expected him to do, but his response had to be disappointing. Woman, he said, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. A woman sounds a lot harsher to our ears than it would have to Mary's, but it's hardly endearing. If anything, it is extremely formal, if polite. The rest of Jesus' answer points out that he had a different interest and a different purpose in mind than she did. He wanted her to know that their relationship was no longer that of mother and son, it was now that of Lord and disciple. Which brings us to one of the greatest non-sequiturs in the Bible. And we know, a non-sequitur, it's a statement, a conclusion, a reply that has nothing to do with the previous statement or one that doesn't quite fit. You know, like two puzzle pieces that don't go together. It's a reply that doesn't fit the question or an action that doesn't go with what happened before. Now Mary comes to Jesus with the news that the family is out of wine. Jesus tells her that his hour has not yet come. He makes it clear that this isn't his issue. Now you would think that Mary would walk away, perhaps a bit disappointed, but trying to figure out a way around the situation. But she doesn't. Instead, she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. Considering what Jesus had just said to Mary, what would make her think he would tell them anything? Her actions just don't follow from what Jesus just said. It seems like a huge non sequitur. Despite Jesus' rather cold response, Mary had an incredible faith in her son. Going to the servants, she tells them to do whatever Jesus says. Even though Jesus had seemingly rebuffed Mary, she knew that he would answer her request. She committed the situation to Jesus and she knew that he would take care of it. Mary's faith was rewarded. Jesus not only took care of the situation, but he did so with gusto. Filling six jars with 180 gallons of water, Jesus changed it into wine. And this was no cheap box of Franzia. This was an excellent wine, the best wine. Jesus gave the couple a gift of extreme value, and if there happened to be any left following the wedding, they could sell it and have a good financial cushion to begin their married life. Have you ever felt like Mary? You know, you cry out to God, but it seems as if He isn't listening or helping. Have you ever felt as if your prayers are going as far as the ceiling in the room and they're getting stuck there? Well, that's a pretty common feeling. 
In Psalm 6, David says that he is in great anguish and is flooding his bed with tears. He cries out, But you, O Lord, how long? The disciples were scared to death in a storm at sea while Jesus was in the boat sleeping. They cried out, Lord, don't you care if we drown? St. Paul prayed to the Lord three times to take away his thorn in the flesh, but the Lord refused. We all have times when we cry to the Lord for relief, but it just seems as if God doesn't answer. Indeed, there are times when we feel like Mary. We've made a request to God, but we've been rebuffed. Maybe there was a time that the hunt for a job seemed futile, and you prayed and still the interviews came to nothing. A time when you felt you needed direction, help with a tough decision, and it seemed like God was just leaving it to you. A time when a loved one was very ill and you asked for more time, but the Lord instead brought that person home to him. The reality is that God hears our prayers and he answers them. We can commit our problems to Jesus, knowing he will take care of them. David knew that. In Psalm 6, right after he complains about his terrible weeping, he says, The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. It didn't look as if God was answering his prayer, but David knew that he would. It might not be in the way that we hope or expect, but he will do it. Look at Mary. Do you think she expected Jesus to create wine from water? I think Jesus' response took her by surprise. When the disciples cried out to Jesus for help, did they expect him to quiet the sea? I don't think so. They were astonished at what he did. I'm sure Paul didn't expect the answer he received. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Yet that answer allowed Paul to rejoice in his sufferings and hardships. We can commit our situations to Jesus, knowing he will answer them. How do we know? Because of his hour. Jesus' hour is his time of suffering. Now this, at the wedding of Cana in Galilee is not his hour, but in John 12, when the Greeks come to meet Jesus, he says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Jesus' hour is his passion and his cross. The cross of Jesus is his promise and guarantee that he will hear and answer our prayers. He has borne our sin. He has borne our punishment. He died in our place. He rose again for us. He has made us his own. He did all of that, even though we do not deserve a bit of it. Given all that Christ has done for us, does it make any sense that he would ignore our pleas now? No. As Paul points out in Romans 8, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, with him, graciously give us all things? Christ is the promised and the guarantee that God will hear our prayer. His death and resurrection allow us to commit our cares to Him, knowing that He will take care of them. Whether it is the seemingly futile job search, the tough decision ahead of you, the sickness or the loss of a loved one, because Jesus' cross has reconciled God to us, He is caring for us in those and in many other circumstances. Now I have to say, I think one of the best inventions for the kitchen is the crock pot slow cooker. You can put all the ingredients for a good soup or chili or other meal, turn it on, 
and walk away. And then when you get home in the evening, the meal is ready to go. You set it and forget it. Jesus calls us to do the same. We have many cares and worries in life, and most of them are beyond our control. Mary was worried about this family, but she knew there was nothing she could do. She committed the situation to Jesus. She asked him to take care of it. Even though his answer seemed harsh, she had confidence in the grace of her Lord. She committed the situation to him, knowing he would take care of it. Let us, beloved, commit our cares and worries to the Lord. He will take care of them. He gave his life for you. He rose from the dead. He has baptized you in his name. You are his. He will take care of you. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Eternal Lord, our beginning and our end, bring us with the whole creation to your glory, hidden through past ages and made known in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deerwalk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.